Welcome to Socially Plagued, a podcast between two friends where we discuss everything that plagues us, whether that be a literal plague or some other shenanigans, like, I don't know, other shenanigans. I am your co-host, May. And I'm Mary Kate. And we're here. We're here for another movie mini sode. Movie mini Don't worry, we're not going to sing that much. Um, <laughs> we're done moving forward we've heard ourselves and we don't we don't like what we don't like what we hear but no. this is a movie mini-sode where last time we did love simon which was mary kate's choice indeed and this time was my pick for an lgbt movie but i'm a cheerleader a 1999 classic the little synopsis is not you know super i would say descriptive but it's a naive teenager is sent to rehab camp where her straight-laced parents and friends suspect her of being a lesbian. Or when her straight-laced parents suspect her of being a lesbian, she gets sent to basically a homosexual camp, like rehab. This stars Natasha Leone, Clea Duvall, RuPaul, and Kathy Moriarty. So I've seen this multiple times. It's one of my favorites. But Mary-Kate has not. And while we watched Love, Simon together, we unfortunately could not watch this one together. So so we we ended up watching this separately, but nevertheless, I am excited to discuss it. I'm glad I watched it. Like I said, it's one of my favorites. It has a mostly happy ending. Yeah, I would agree with mostly happy. Okay, let's before we really get into it, Mary-Kate, give us your thoughts. Yeah. Okay, so my initial thoughts are that this movie was super fun. It's everything that I like about 90s satirical comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's just over the top. <laughs> I think I think Natasha Leone does such a good job being very like over expressive. Like she yeah. definitely had fun doing this movie, I can tell. Mm-hmm. And this was my actually my first time seeing Clea Duval in an acting capacity. And okay. I loved how angsty her character Graham was. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed some good angst. Yeah, some quality angst. RuPaul was a very fun addition. He did yes. not need to be there. His character was not necessary, but he was there. Mike was totally necessary. <laughs> Someone had to teach the boys how to be, you know, manly men in stereotypical man fashion. You're trying to tell me that Eddie Cibrian was not the one to teach them. <laughs> Listen, listen, <laughs> RuPaul was perfect. So actually, that's a fun note. So when Eddie Cibrian Rock is dancing and he's listening to music, yeah, that's actually RuPaul's song. Oh, is it really? It is, yeah. So that is a fun trivia fact. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a fun fact. That is a fun fact. But yeah, RuPaul was 100. The mic was necessary. Yeah, so one thing that surprised me for whatever reason, I had in my head that there was going to be more buildup to her, Natasha Leone specifically, her going to conversion camp. Mm-hmm. I did not realize we were going to get, like, the whole story was her being there. Yeah. Okay. No, so, it was very quick. It was a wham-bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. The Melissa Etheridge poster. The... <laughs> yeah. The tofu. <laughs> Yeah, the part where they have the intervention, her friends and family have an intervention with her, and they say, like, one of the signs of her being a lesbian was that they were, she was trying to get them to eat tofu. Yeah. And then she was Switched a vegetarian. Vegetarianism is a sign. Yeah, I that one did make me giggle. I, I did like that. Like, or the flower that happened to look vaginal that was her pillowcase. Right. 
Yeah. When they were walking through all the different sites, it was like a montage of signs of her being yeah. a lesbian. They were just very, they were very on the nose and funny and very Well, I think they took all the stereotypes. And I think like people, like especially women in the queer community would really appreciate that. Especially, I think the minute they would have seen like the Melissa Etheridge poster would have been like, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I can see how this might be upsetting for people because these things are real. So they are doing a satire on actual conversion therapies and summer camp conversion type situations, which they are making fun of it. They are making it a satire because they basically called out and said, this doesn't work. You can't undo this. It's good that they say that, but they also make the people that run it. Two of the men are very clearly homosexual and into each other. And yes. the woman who runs the place, I, this is one of the things I love was so much of what she had in her life was fake. So like yeah. the fake flowers that she cleaned or the plastic that's on the beds or the plastic vinyl clothing. Like it's also very synthetic and not real, which I feel like is this metaphor for the whole thing being so fake and not real. I may be looking into that, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. I hadn't noticed that, but that would make sense to me. Yeah. Like it's just everything about like her, the way her hair is, the way everything is, you know, it just, it's so fake and plastic. And also her own son is extremely gay in his tight jean shorts. <laughs> Making eyes for Mike, the manly coach, essentially. Right. Yeah. I think maybe one of the scenes that I thought was maybe just like most interesting to watch mm-hmm. was when the girls and I guess a couple of the guys at this camp place yeah, I feel weird calling it a camp, but um, they kind of—I think it seemed like it's supposed to be a camp. Like it, it has this feeling of like summer camp, but with like conversiony. I don't want to call it a rehab because rehabs are real places where you can get actual help for real issues. <laughs> and right, homosexuality isn't an issue, but camp just sounds almost. Ugh. Yeah. Well, they okay. So the name of this place was True Directions. Or True something? Directions. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just refer to it by its name. So they snuck out of True Directions to go to a gay bar called Cocksucker. Yeah, the (laughs) Cocksucker. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a fun scene, though, because I liked getting to see all the characters dressed in street clothes and just interacting as themselves. And then the moments of jealousy between all of them. I'm glad we had that scene because I felt like, honestly, up front... I knew that Clea Duvall's character was going to be the love interest and I wasn't happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad we have that gay bar scene because that kind of helped me open my mind. And then by the end of the movie, I was very happy they ended up together. Yes. Spoiler alert. But also if you haven't seen this movie, it's from 1999. So like you've had plenty of time. Larry and Lloyd, the gay couple that live nearby that are ex-gays. So they were gay. Then they went to this fake True Directions thing. I just think they're the cutest, like, yeah, healthy couple that, like, talk about their feelings and how they express each other. And just their whole house is rainbows. Like, yeah. And they have a moment towards the end where they're bickering, but then Mm -hmm. they resolve it pretty instantly. Right. Where they're just like, I just feel like you don't value my opinion. Oh, that's, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, too. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, Because they show a healthy homosexual relationship. And I think that's really good because it's just normal. I would say they're also very extra because their house is like covered in rainbows. Yeah. Which is extra for anybody. 
Oh, no, totally. (laughs) Totally. One of the things I liked about Lloyd and Larry was that they were presented as a gay couple, but they weren't the stereotypically, you know, like super tan, muscular, flamboyant, fashionable guys. Right. They're just normal dudes. They were kind of just chubby older guys. Yeah. They're just normal dudes. And also, I would say when they're at the gay bar, that scene... You see, like, women making out, and it's not, like, two extremely skinny, hot, I'm going to say lipstick lesbians. It was, like, two kind of chubby butch ladies are making out right by the door. And I was, like, don't remember that. Love seeing that, though. Love seeing yeah. the size representation here. And also, when I was reading through the, the credits, the girl that asks Megan for the dance, her, her character name is Lipstick Lesbian. What? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have a name. She's just lipstick lesbian. And I was like, okay, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I just like that there was, I would say, some good representation at the bar. Yeah. At least in body size and and age. And age. And I want to say the couple of it was like making out the two women that were making out. I think one was black and one was white. Like one woman was black, one woman was white. Mm-hmm. So I think that scene was good. Granted, a lot of, I would say that the movie is not perfect by any means. Like I said, I could see this hurting people, but in the end, it kind of works out. And Dolph, the boy who gets kicked out, he's happy. He's going to go live his true life with Clayton. They rescued Clayton in the end. So mm-hmm. there was a scene where Jan says that they like boys. They're not homosexual, all this stuff. And they're very masculine presenting. My question is, was the point supposed to be that Jan is transgender? Oh. Being sent to this, you know, true directions place. More for that. I I don't think so. Because I think it was because they just assumed. And I guess I'll just use they for Jan. Because this is something we're discussing. Because they were masculine. They had a mohawk and a mustache, essentially. Because some people have facial hair. And that they played softball. But that means, you know, ipso facto, lesbian. When in reality, that's just not accurate. They just like the clothes that they like. They like the sport that they like, what have you. But that's a good question. I mean, I also just like the scene where Jan just goes, I just want a big fat up my... <laughs> and one of the gay boys are and is like, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was, uh, that was confusing to me because I wasn't entirely sure what message they were trying to send. I mean, either mm-hmm. way, I think that character was good to have. I have a request of director Jamie Babbitt. Please release mm-hmm. a spinoff about Jan. Yeah. I we need would one. love to know more about Jan and like what happens to the, well, that's the thing. Is, I think that's one of the reasons why this movie sort of bothers me is I don't know what happens to the rest of them. So like we know Dolph and Clayton run off together. Cool. We know Megan and Graham run off together. Cool. Well, what happened to Joel? Yeah. What happened to Janaid? What Like what happens to them? What happens to Mary, like the woman who runs the place? Like part of me wants to know that this like place burns down or something. I don't know. Part of me wants that closure of like that those kids get actual help saying to like, it's okay, you're gay and we love you. I mean, at the end, they show Megan's parents going to a support group for parents of gay son or daughter. And so I was like, okay, well, that's cute. Because they disowned, they basically told her if she's going to be gay, she can't come home. So it's like, all right, so they're cool. But like Graham's dad... And her stepmom were like dicks. Like, yeah. Screw jerks. Like she can't go home. There is no going home. It sounds like. I think that's the part where I say it's happy mostly. Don't look too deep and you just agree at surface level. It's cute. We're good. <laughs> I would agree. I think 
what I would have liked to have seen is instead of that credit scene with mm-hmm. Megan's parents, I would have rather have seen some sort of time jump to a few years ahead and done a quick check-in, like just a little montage of all of the characters. Yeah, like, you know, 20 years later, Joel became a rabbi and married his husband, like Steve. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's great. Or something along those lines, like... Even if Megan and Graham break up, still great friends living their best gay lives and wherever. You know, Mary, life in shambles, in prison. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) All the above. (laughs) All the above. Like that sort of vindication that like the good guys win and the bad guys lose because some of the good guys won, but not all of the bad guys lost. I don't know. It's one of those where I'm like, yes, I like this movie. Yes, it's very cute. It's pretty campy. It's, I would say it's a satire for sure. Yeah. But I can also see it's where it's like, come on, I I want more. Yeah, there definitely could have been more. Actually, you know, when we're talking about montage of where the characters were after a time jump, Mm -hmm. it would have been cool to have seen Mary at the same support group that Megan's parents were at. Yeah, just something like that. So that she acknowledges that Rock is gay. Yeah. Her son. Something. Well, Um, I guess the best at this point, because it's been what like 20 Ugh. plus years since Don't it came out it feels very old <laughs> <laughs> but the best we can hope for at this point is that somebody will do a remake of it and maybe like take it someplace else which yeah. i would I be here be for I, I feel like i would watch a remake of this i would absolutely watch a remake of this they're remaking everything they remade the craft we can remake but i'm a cheerleader like and then call it something but i'm a prom queen i don't know yeah. It's the same principles apply. Like, I feel like you could definitely also modernize this. Come on, let's do this. There's definitely parts of it that did not stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. I think if you haven't seen this movie and you want to watch it, I just would go into it like understanding that there are definitely some parts that are true to the time period that it was made in. Yes. When you think about how much progress has been made over the past 20 years, it's so evident in this movie even though it is satirical right and they are kind of giving it sort of a it kind of has like a 50s sort of spin because they're really 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 enforcing those gender roles yeah but i it's one of those where like if you think this could be something that would upset you or trigger you maybe it puts you want to watch it anyways bring a friend because they do use some language that's very hurtful just be careful just know your i think this is a know yourself movie like if you know that watching it would reopen some scars or wounds just don't just pass go watch love simon it's much cuter it's it's definitely far more family friendly (laughs) (laughs) and it's a little more it's a little more current as far as how yeah these things are talked about because yeah there are definitely slurs used in but i'm a cheerleader that Mm -hmm. we but let's talk about some better things like how clea duvall ages beautifully Oh my gosh, Clea Duvall is a fine wine, that woman. She just, she's stunning. In the movie, she definitely like nails the angry, very like grungy teenager. Oh my God, perfect. Actually, and she's wearing a horseshoe ring. I have that same ring. Oh my God. (laughs) Soulmates. Soulmates. But yeah, she ages so well. She looks so good. I'm pretty sure she's had that haircut for years. And it still looks good on her. She has 
directed a fair amount of stuff, which I didn't realize. I had only seen her most recent mm-hmm. her most recent movie that she directed, Happiest Season, which is the Hulu holiday gay movie thing. Um, <laughs> And I didn't know that she directed a few video shorts for Tegan and Sarah, which is super cool. But actually her and RuPaul were the only gay people in the whole movie that are, I guess, when that trivia came out, were out at the time. I don't know if other actors or actresses have said anything otherwise, but they were the only ones. Okay. That's Mm. interesting. And that's, but that's normal. I I mean, we still see that now where- If a movie like this were to get remade, I feel like the same decisions would probably be made as far as casting, which I don't agree with for the record. No, but I don't either. It wouldn't surprise me because it was happening 20 years ago. It's still happening now. Yeah. I would love to see Clea Duvall do the remake of this. Let her direct it. Oh, yeah. Dude. But yeah, she did, she is great. She's wonderful. Little, little baby Natasha Leone. So cute. So cute. Just, I feel like this is the movie that got her typecast as a weird lesbian. And I say weird because she plays a weird lesbian in other, like, it just. <laughs> she does. She does. She does. And she, like, embraces it. Like, I think she's, I think, I feel like I've seen interviews where she's like, yeah, it's cool. Whatever. Like, she is like, probably one of, well, as far as we know, because she has not said anything to the contrary about her sexuality. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's openly refuted being gay, actually, but it's where assumedly she's straight. She's still like a gay icon. <laughs> she kind of is, especially so she's done this movie. She's done, I think Orange is the New Black was another really big one. Her character is one of my favorites in Orange is the New Black. So it's interesting to see where she started and that she's still doing really important queer roles now Mm -hmm. yeah i don't like to i don't like to say that we make exceptions for this stuff because truly my preference would be to actually have true representation i do feel like natasha leone does a very good job of being a queer ally which makes me more okay with it which makes me and right and she doesn't act all weird like oh yes i deserve awards because i played a lesbian on screen when i'm not in real life and it's like right because there are some actors that do that they're like i studied the queer community for six months so now i'm qualified to be awarded for my acting and it's like no shut the fuck up like right <laughs> sit down. she's very much like nah this is just who i am now in that like raspy natasha voice yes um, i feel like she'd be very chill to hang out with yeah definitely i agree so I feel I feel like this is a good, cute movie to watch. Go in knowing that there is some there is some not nice stuff. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, I love the soundtrack. It's really good. <laughs> and just know that in the end, there's some good stuff. Yeah, I would watch this again. I think it's definitely if you feel like you can, I guess, suspend reality in the sense that. Mm-hmm. It is not necessarily like fit for the time we're in and you're a queer person. If you can handle it, watch it because yes. I think there's still a lot of really good, relatable, touching moments too. Yes, amidst absolutely. all of the funny. Yeah. Um, if you do watch it, let us know what you think or if you've seen it a zillion times already and you have some theories or maybe you have some fun trivia that I was completely unaware of. Let us know. We're on yes. Instagram and Twitter at Socially Plagued. We hope you like this. We hope you can check out some movies. So other one was Love, Simon. And this one was But I'm a Cheerleader. 
Yeah, thank you all so much for listening to our our little mini LGBTQ film fest this month. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with an episode honoring Black History Month because that's about mm-hmm. wrapping up too. It's a lot of stuff yep. going on in February. And then we'll be back to our usual schedule. So thank you all so much for listening. Yes, and thank you. Until next time, friends. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>